I'm really happy that I get an opportunity that I can talk to you guys today and teach you a little bit about this subject. And uh, like Cameron said, it might be something that could challenge you a bit. It could be something that you're like, okay, what is this girl going to teach me? Karma is a blank. So there is this idea in culture that we seem to believe that if someone does something bad, that they deserve something bad to happen to them. That it's payback for all the bad things that they've done. And we've all heard those sayings, right? We've all heard about the fact that, you know, what goes around comes around. They got what they deserved. They got their just desserts. You know, payback is hell. And karma is a blank. So we've all heard those phrases before. We all have heard them. I'm sure a lot of you out there have said them yourself. When you've heard of a situation, a circumstance where somebody did something, and you're like, well, what goes around comes around. They'll get theirs eventually, you know. So this idea in our society is that there's a cause and effect. There's this idea that if we do something bad, that we're going to get bad happen to us in our lives. But if we do something good, then something good will happen to our lives. Somehow we believe that there's this cosmic payback, something that exists out there in the universe that's going to right everything just because of how we act or how we treat people. So we have to ask ourselves, is karma a real thing? Is it real? And is that how it really works? That you know what, if you're out there doing great things, that great things are going to happen to you? But if you do bad, if you cheat someone, if you cause someone pain, is all that going to come back on you? Do we believe that? Do people get paid back for all those things? How does karma actually relate in this world of what we believe called Christianity? How does it relate to that? Because a lot of times we as Christians will say things like karma, and we wonder, how does it really relate to Christianity? You know, there's this idea in our society that it's an eye for an eye. That if you do something, something should happen to you. This idea in the Bible that we read that's about reaping and sowing, and we think, well, that has to be karma, right? The Bible says, what you reap, you'll also sow. But is it relating to karma? Does it relate to that term? Does it relate to what that means? For the, for, first, for the most part, I have to say that when people have come up to me and have asked me the question, do you believe in karma? I think probably for the most part, they probably believe something deep inside their heart they want to believe because they've been paid back. They want someone to pay back for their hurts and their pains that they've gone through. Someone hurt them or maybe their family really deeply and they're like, I hope it's real. I hope it's real that somehow they're going to be paid back. And I'm sure that kind of sounds familiar to you. I'm sure there's some of you out there that have had that thought before and I'm sure I'm not the only one because I have too. We have had that secret hope that somehow somebody's going to be paid back for the, the pain or the hurt that they've caused us. You know, someone cheated us. We kind of hope that they get cheated back. Someone breaks our heart. Eventually their hearts would be broken and they'd feel that same pain, that agonizing pain. Someone takes something from us, we hope that something will be taken from them. Honestly, there's been times in my life where I've definitely done that. There's been times where I really thought a friendship would last forever. Someone would always be there for me, someone who was really in my life and was part of my life for a long, long time. But because of circumstances, they left and they were gone and you felt like you were all alone. No friendship anymore. And I've had that thought where I was like, 
I kind of hope they feel that abandonment themselves sometime because it hurt. I've had people steal from me, and I thought, boy, wouldn't it be nice if something got stolen back from them? What is it about our humanity that we want to see people be paid back? That somehow we want to see people pay for all their mistakes? We feel like there's this injustice that took place. And that somehow all these wrongs should just be righted somehow. That they need to pay. They need to pay for all their mistakes. But it kind of makes you wonder, do we believe in karma as much if we stop and think about the pain that we caused others? Is it good for someone else to be paid back for their mistakes but not us? Do we like to look at other people and think they deserve punishment? But when it comes down to us and we know there's no possible way that we don't know that we've hurt, we've hurt people on this, this earth. If you've lived any many years at all, you're going to know that you've hurt people by not doing something or doing something and causing pain. So do we now deserve to pay, be paid back for all the things that we did? Is karma okay for others but not okay for us? And if we do believe that, do we believe that karma is real? Do we believe that if we do everything just right, if we think right, if we speak right, if we act right, do we think that everything is going to be wonderful around us? Do we really believe that? I don't know. To believe that would actually mean that we'd have to believe that our own works are good enough. That we ourselves could work on our own righteousness. That we could be good enough. And we would also have to believe that God only protects and guards those who do good. That if you don't do good, then God doesn't protect you. God doesn't take care of you. Well, we know that that's not true because the Bible actually tells us throughout it that none of us are good enough. None of us are good. In the eyes of God, he doesn't care about that we're good. It's just that we're cleansed of our sins. That's what makes us good. So all of our things that we do to be good are really not that valuable. Karma is actually a concept that's adopted by Hindu, Sikh, and Buddhist philosophies. They believe that each person, their behavior affects this life, and then it goes on to affect the next lives the next life, and the next life. If you, if you do great things, that you could become a more powerful creature when you come back. You know, maybe someone's just, you know, a rotten, mean person, and they're going to come back as a flea, you know. Maybe if you're a really, really great person, that somehow you're going to be this majestic eagle that's going to fly around, and that's what you're going to be. That's their philosophy. That in itself should take us as Christians to take a huge step back. Because if you read the Bible and if you believe in Christianity, you know that we only get one life. We only get one chance. It is a total YOLO. You only live once. So the thing is, we don't get to come back. It all sounds good, but it's not true if we believe in Christianity. Christianity, Christianity tells us we have one life. Hebrews 9.27 says, And just as each person is destined to die once, and after that comes judgment. Die once. Each person dies once. See, I think God left us clues. But we just didn't read the manual. See, the thing is, we believe a lot of stuff that the world's out there telling us. We believe all these things that are thrown at us. 
But see, God says this is why it's so important for us to be reading his word. Because he drops all these clues to us and explains to us that there's actually a roadmap on how to get from here to there. He says there's only one life. You die once, and then comes judgment. So karma is actually a work-based religion. It's work-based. It's all about what you do. And in Christianity, it's all about what Jesus has done. Jesus has done it all for us. So the idea that we have to work, that we have to be kind, that we have to be nice, just to get good things, is work-based. It doesn't work in Christianity. So this idea that you can walk around and you can be a wonderful person, you can be good, you can be kind. You're not getting gold stars put on your name. It's not like God's like, wow, look it, look it, they're good. In fact, we're going to read a story about someone who was great and good. And we'll see how that worked out for him. Grace is the opposite of karma. With karma, you get what you deserve. But in Christianity, Jesus got what you deserved. That's the whole point we have to remember. In Christianity, it's only God's righteousness that matters. There is no giant scale in this world and in your life that has your bad and has your good, and your good has to outweigh your bad. That's not how Christianity works. He makes it clear that's not the way it's going to work. You can never be good enough. It doesn't work that way. But you've heard it, I'm sure. And I'm sure some of you guys have even said that yourself. Will you make it to heaven? Well, I hope so. I try to do good. I think I'm a good person. Well, God says that's not good enough. You're never good enough. I'm here to tell you, as a 51-year-old woman, that all of you that have been told as young children and young people growing up that you're wonderful, you're great. I'm here to tell you, you're not good enough. You're not good enough. If that's anything you leave with today, it's going to be a good thing for you. None of us could ever be good enough without Christ's help. It's his help that makes us good. Titus 3, 5 says he saved us, not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit. We're not good enough on our own. We need to be washed by the blood of Jesus Christ. We need salvation to be good enough. Isaiah 64, 6 says we are all infected and impure with sin. When we display our righteous deeds, they are nothing but filthy rags. Like autumn leaves, we wither and fall, and our sins sweep us away like the wind. Filthy rags. But yet karma's telling us if you do good, it's wonderful. You're getting stars. The Bible says filthy rags, not valuable. So for Christians to actually believe in karma, then you would have to believe that we ourselves can earn our own salvation, that we can earn our own righteousness. And God tells us we cannot do that. Also, for a Christian to believe in karma, you would have to think that the reap what you sow idea makes a difference in this earthly life, not just our future heavenly one. So if you're a good person, you should expect to have a good life. Well, I don't know about you guys, but I've met many people who are really good people, and they've had tragedy. They've had tough times. I've also seen people who are really horrible, evil, rotten people, and everything turns out beautiful for them. Haven't we? You can't possibly think it's all working out, that somehow it's going to be... What are, are we just waiting? It's like, oh, well, someday, someday, it's just for now. 
Good does not always mean that you're going to get good. Let's take a look at a man named Job and see how that goodness worked out for him. Job 1, 1 through 3 says, There once was a man named Job who lived in the land of Uz. He was blameless, a man of complete integrity. Better than us, I'm telling you. He feared God and stayed away from evil. He had seven sons and three daughters. He owned 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 teams of oxen, and 500 female donkeys. He also had many servants. He was, in fact, the richest person in that entire area. Sounds like a really good guy. Blameless. A man of complete integrity. Wow. I'm sure all sorts of good things are going to happen to him, right? Bound to. Let's read on. Job 1, 1 13 through 19 says, One day when Job's sons and daughters were feasting at the oldest brother's house, a messenger arrived at Job's home with this news. Your oxen were plowing with the donkeys feeding beside them. When the Sabians raided us, they stole all the animals and killed all the farmhands, and I am the only one who escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another messenger arrived with this news. The fire of God has fallen from heaven and burned up your sheep and all the shepherds. I am the only one who escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, a third messenger arrived with this news. Three bands of Chaldean raiders have stolen your camels and killed your servants. I am the only one who escaped to tell you. And while he was still speaking, yet another messenger arrived with this news. Your sons and daughters were feasting in the oldest brother's home. Suddenly a powerful wind swept in from the wilderness and hit the house on all sides. The house collapsed and all your children are dead. I am the only one who escaped to tell you. Talk about a bad day. But he was a good man. He was a good man. Yet terrible things befell Job. The Bible tells us he was a good man. He feared God. He stayed away from evil. Well, that didn't work out so well for Job, did it? He still was a good man, but bad things happened. The Bible goes on to say that Job act, reacted this way. Job one twenty and 21 says, Job stood up, tore his robe in grief. When he shaved his head and he fell to the ground in worship and he said, I came naked from my mother's womb and I will be naked when I leave. The Lord gave me what I had and the Lord has taken it away. Praise the name of the Lord. In all this, Job did not sin by blaming God. He was a good man. Yet he recognized the fact that I shouldn't expect only good things in my life just because I'm a good man. He did, did good, but he got bad. And it wasn't over yet, I'm afraid. Sadly, there's more bad to befall Job's life. Job 2, 1 through 10 says, One day the members of the heavenly court came again to present themselves before the Lord. Isn't it interesting when you think about that? There's a members of the heavenly court that comes and presents themselves before God. And the accuser, Satan, comes with them. Where have you come from, the Lord asked Satan. Satan answered the Lord, I have been patrolling the earth, watching everything that's going on. Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you noticed my servant Job? He is the finest man in all the earth. He's blameless, a man of complete integrity. He fears God and stays away from evil. And he has maintained his integrity, even though you urged me to harm him without cause. Satan replied to the Lord, Skin for skin, a man will give up everything he has to save his life. But reach out and take away his health, and he'll surely curse you to his face. To your face. All right, do with him as you please, the Lord said to Satan, but spare his life. So Satan left the Lord's presence and he struck Job with terrible boils from head to foot. Job scraped his skin with a piece of broken pottery as he sat among the ashes. His wife said to him, Are you still trying to maintain your integrity? Curse God and die. 
But Job replied, you talk like a foolish woman. Should we accept only good things from the hand of God and never anything bad? So in all this, Job said nothing wrong. Job lost everything, everything that he had, all of his riches, his children, everything that he held on to. The only thing he didn't lose was a wife that was in his ear tone, curse God and die, curse God and die, which makes you wonder what she really was, the good or bad in the story. Don't know. I always figure we should cut her a little slack because truly this woman lost everything too, right? She lost her children. It's not just about Job. She just didn't handle as well as Job did. So Job sees the fact that bad things can happen. It doesn't mean God doesn't love us. It doesn't mean that we should expect everything to be perfect in our lives just because we serve God. We've all heard stories of missionaries that have spent their whole lives to go into another country, spent years and years preparing and planning for a trip to be a missionary to a country to reach people. They get there, and they're killed within hours. And you're like, what does that mean? This doesn't make sense. Our brains try to make sense of this. We're, I don't get it. I don't get it, God. Why is it like that? If they're doing good and they're going to go serve you, why would something bad happen to them? Well, it's not up to us. It's not up to us to know everything and how it's going to work out. Just because we do good doesn't mean we're going to get good. And if we do bad, doesn't mean we're always going to get bad. Job's friends hear of his tragedy and they come, and they come to console him. Now, I want to tell you, with friends like Job's, you don't need them because they're not that great at consoling him. The bad news is they must have believed in karma too because they actually sit down with Job and they tell him, well, Job, the reason why all this happened to you is because you're a sinner and you're doing bad in your life. If you would just confess it to God, if you would just tell God that you're bad, Job, then God will take all this pain away from you. They sit and they tell Job, Job, your kids must have been horrible. They must have been terrible people. Because look what happened to them. And Job looks at him and says, that's not true. That's not true. That's not the way it works. Job and his friends go on to have these heated conversations. 42 chapters of it where Job's saying what he believes and his friends having their responses of telling him that, no, you're a sinner, you're horrible, you must have done something because look at the tragedy that's befallen your life. They're telling Job that God doesn't punish people who are good, Job. He doesn't do that. And Job goes on and says to him, and says, that's not true. Don't you see bad things happen to good people? I've seen it. He says, don't you see great people that have all these horrible things happen to them? And Don't you see people who have lived horrible, horrible lives and treated people so unfairly, so mean, so harsh, yet everything they do is beautiful. He says, that's not how it works. That's not how God has us live our lives. That's not it. Finally, God listens to all these conversations. He's there. He's paying attention. He listens to what Job's saying. He's listening to what these friends are saying. And finally, he's had enough. God's had enough. And he says, I'm going to speak. So he comes and he speaks to Job and all of his friends. And he tells Job, when Job actually starts to think, man, it would have been better that I would have just not ever lived. If I would have just been a stillborn, 
and not have gone through this pain? Wouldn't it have been better? And God tells me, he says, Job, you need to understand you're not God. I'm God. I'm here to humble you, to tell you that you need to trust in me, regardless. That's what you need to do. And he did. He did for the most part, but he started to wonder, was it all worth it? Does it all matter? Does it matter if you're not good, or you're great, or you're, you're not good in this life? And then he goes on and he tells his, Job's friends that they were wrong. Job 42.7 says, And the Lord had finished speaking, speaking to Job. He said to Eliphaz the Terminite, I'm angry with you and your two friends, for you have not spoken accurately about me as my servant Job has. The truth is, good things happen to good people. Bad things happen to bad people. Good things happen to bad people, and bad things happen to good people. There's no promise of everything being perfect for you just because you're good. It's wonderful. It's great. But it's not truth. So what is it about this whole sowing and reaping thing then? That, that doesn't make sense, Deb. I read sowing and reaping. If sowing and reaping is real in the Bible, then why is it not true that if we sow goodness that we don't reap goodness? Isn't that just another way of looking at karma? No, it's not. Because karma is the philosophy that we sow earthly seed and we reap earthly rewards. Christianity, the Bible, tells us to sow heavenly seed to reap heavenly rewards. So the things that we do good may not be rewarded here in this world. It may be in the next. That's where we're going to be rewarded. See, the thing is, with us, a lot of times we are so concerned with here and now. Having things being rewarded for the good things we do. Look at me, look what I've done. Shouldn't I be patted on the back? And God says he sees all things. He knows when we're really trying to be really good. He knows when we're kind, when we're gentle, when we're generous, when we're stingy. He sees all that stuff. You may not be paid back here, but God does notice what we do in secret. Our actions do matter, but not in terms of karma. Galatians 6, 7, and 8 says, Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. What God says is, You promised a great reward in heaven. Heaven is the next place that we should be concerned with. That's what we should be concerning ourselves with all the time. It shouldn't be the fact that we're always concerned about what we're getting here. Karma, let me go back to my beginning opening message. Karma is a blank. Karma is a lie. It is not true. It's not real. It doesn't exist. And especially if you're as a Christian, it doesn't exist for you. Because it doesn't work in Christianity. The Bible shows us. Look at the disciples. Great men. God called them to walk alongside the the salvation of the world. Yet we see that so many of them died a horrible death. They were good men who had horrible, horrible things happen to them. Look at our Savior. No one was more perfect. No one was more good. Yet he died on the cross and was beaten and humiliated 
and punished. It doesn't work. Karma is a lie. Just because you pay something for it, I'm going to tell you, it's wonderful to be good, but I don't care how many Starbucks lines you go through and everyone's doing that pay it forward thing and paying for the next person behind you. And you're like, wow, I really, I only bought myself a coffee and I'm buying a whole carload of people coffee. Look at me, how good am I? It doesn't matter. You know what? You could pull out that drive-thru and get hit by a car. It could happen. There's no promise. It's not like God's going, wow, look at them. They just paid for a whole carload of coffee. That's wonderful. Just because you help your neighbor mow their grass and you're a nice person doesn't mean that next week when you go out to mow yours that the mower doesn't work. It doesn't work the next time. Just because you're at a grocery store and you pay for someone's groceries doesn't mean that next week an unexpected bill won't show up in your mailbox and you won't be able to pay for yours. There's no promise if we do good that you're going to get good. Now, does that mean we should all be horrible, mean people? No, it doesn't. We should still be a kinder, gentler people. But those things are nice. But they don't twist the arm of God to give you good things. You understand? You can't twist the arm of God. He's God. And that's exactly what God tried to explain to Job. Job, yes, you're right. It's a horrible thing that everything happened to you. And yes, your life, there's things, things falling apart. But Job, I'm the creator of everything. And this is what you've been dealt with. There's times where I look at my own life and I think, you know, it wasn't so great. It wasn't so great. Years and years ago, before I got saved, I started going to this thought in my mind that I needed to believe in something. So I started to reach out to horoscopes. This idea, thinking, God, I just need something. I just need something to give me hope that things are going to be better. And you know what? I would always believe this thought that, yes, my life was horrible before. And I believe this whole thing when I, because I'm a Capricorn, okay? I believe, because it, it would tell you in these books that say that a lot of times Capricorns have a really terrible life when they're but their lives are beautiful when they end. And I was like, I just got to hold on, man. Just got to hold on. It's going to be better. Thankfully, God saved me from them thoughts because horoscopes were not what I should trust in. It was the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ who actually pulled me out of that thinking. But you know, the thing is, it's this idea of thinking that we're going to get better here, that we're going to have things given to us just because we're nice or we're good people. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. What matters is keeping the faith and trust in God that you have. It's turning your life over to God and letting him take what was good, just filthy rags, and give you the promise of salvation and eternal life. That's what's amazing. This idea that you can walk through this life and have the assurance in your heart that you know that you're going on to heaven. That's peace. That's freedom like you'd never have before. All this horoscope stuff I believed in, all it did was make me more fearful. I come to know Christ and I was like, wow, I have nothing to be fearful of. You know, if I, this is it, I get to go on to the next place. I get to be with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. How wonderful is that? That nobody can take that from me. What should be mattering to us is not saying words like we believe in karma as Christians and confusing people. We should be talking about the fact that the people that we come in contact that 
don't really believe that there's good things and bad things and they think all these things are going to make a difference in the life, how they're going to end up, is that we actually tell them that there's a better hope that you can have. So is it important for us to not really talk about karma as Christians? I think it is. I think the, the Bible makes it clear that karma is a lie and that Jesus Christ and the message of salvation as Christianity is, is truth. I think it's important for us to really not do that. And I know you're like, it's just a word. Does it matter? Well, what happened? God actually went to Job's friends and said to ask for forgiveness because they believed that thought. They believed the thought that if you do bad, you get bad. And God said to him, says, you need to ask for forgiveness. This isn't true. And then he actually tells Job, he says, go and pray for them. So maybe, just maybe, we should take more seriously our words and the wrong thinking that we show as Christians and believers. Maybe it's not as harmless as we think it is. I do think we need to be mindful of our words as believers. So the thing is, when we put something else along with Christianity, we're taken away back from Christianity. We need to be pure in our thought of Christianity. I think what we need to be worrying about is the fact that we have this awesome message of salvation to offer people. Hope for tomorrow. Hope for the next year. Hope for the next life that we end up in heaven. Not come back here going through more pain. But the next world promises no pain, no tears, no sickness, nothing but glorious life. That's what we should be telling about. That's the great hope to have. We have this awesome message that shouldn't be muddied up with words like karma and things like that. It's Jesus plus nothing. If you're a believer and you're a, a, a person who believes you've been saved by his grace, it's Jesus plus nothing. Only him going to the cross for your sins is all that matters. That's all there is to it. But... Don't you think that if karma was a real thing, if people really believed and really thought that you're going to get good because you do good, wouldn't you think we'd all be falling over ourselves to try to pay for it? No, let me get your groceries. No, no, let me, let me get your gas. Let me pay for this. If we saw the effects of doing good and we got good, wouldn't we all just be so kind and loving and just, oh man, brother, let me, we wouldn't even like know what to do with ourselves. We'd be just handing out money everywhere we go and helping people all the time and we can see it doesn't work. Wouldn't the self-serving world be always serving themselves by getting good if they could do that? It doesn't work. It doesn't work. And let me end with this idea too. If you as a believer are walking around with the hopes and the belief that you're just trusting that someday someone is going to get their just rewards for what they did to you, you're wasting your time. It may never happen in your world, your lifetime, or theirs. But God does sort it out in the end. Says, we die, and there's judgment. See, the thing is, we can't be walking around just concerned about what other people's sins are and how they've treated us. We need to be more concerned about how we treat people and the lives that we live. But I do think that we need to be more concerned with spending our time taking people up than taking people down. That's what we need to be concerned with as believers and followers of God.
John 8, 31 and 32 says, Jesus said to the people who believed in him, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Karma is a lie, but the truth will set you free. It's freeing to believe in Christ, to trust in him, to know that he has your back. The miracles can happen in your life, but if they don't, he still got you. He still got you. You can't twist the arm of God. You can't give you everything you want. You know, the thing is, if he gave everybody you want, I don't know how it would work out because we live in this tapestry of all of our lives kind of intertwined. And sadly, that means in this crazy world that some of us are going to have horrible things happen because our lives are so entwined with each other. There's no promise of perfection for each of us until we die someday and we're perfected and we come face to face with our Savior. That's how it works. So like I say, what it means for us in the future, how do we, how do we take this idea of karma being a lie and how do we move forward? Like I say, if we're hoping to see someone get paid back, we should instead maybe remind ourselves of our own failures because we're all still so flawed. We all make mistakes. We still do bad. Even though we want to do good, the Bible says so many people in the Bible, they want to do good, but they did bad. So remind ourselves sometimes of the failures that we have. When we want to point out someone else's, maybe that we look back at ourselves and think, we're not so perfect either. And look how God forgave us. Wouldn't we want those people to be forgiven too? We should just ask God to be helping us to be mindful of our words. That the things we say sometimes don't really negate Christianity. Because what happens is a lot of times is our witness, the people that we are, this is all the world gets to see as far as much as the Bible. If they're not reading it, we're, our, we're the walking Bibles. This is who they get to see. So if we're muddying up Christianity, we're saying things that aren't true. They're going to believe other things. So we need to be mindful of what God's word and the truth says and live that and believe that and show that to the world. I think what we should do, be doing is we should be asking God to guard us and protect us from things that would lead us farther away from him and keep us in tune with him. We do need to, need to be mindful of the witness that we are. We follow Jesus, but others follow us. When they see you, that's what they see as Christians. Are you a good example? Are you a good follower? I always liken it to the idea of we follow Christ like on a meandering trail up a hill. You think about that. If we stay close, we're not going to lose our way. We always see him just up ahead. We're following the way he's going. What happens is when we start lagging behind and we get tripped up by all this other stuff, you lose sight. You won't end up where he's going. We need God's help to stay on the right path. So karma, it's a lie. It's a lie. It's not true. You don't do good and get good. You don't do bad and get bad. Good things happen to bad people. Bad things happen to good people. It's just the way the life works. So let me pray for you. Lord, we're thankful. We're thankful that we have something to hold on to. That in this crazy, tumultuous world, Lord, we have you as our anchor and something to trust in. I just pray for each person that's here, Lord. 
that they would have the knowledge of you in their life. And Lord, they wouldn't have to live a life of fear. Lord, Lord, they'd have a life of assurance. And I pray for each person that they would come to know you in a real way. We're thankful for salvation. We're thank you for, thankful for the promises that you offer us. And we love you, Lord. Go with each one of us. Help us to be good followers this week. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.